Welcome to another episode of Global Perspective. My name is Olorantin Ladapo, your Global Perspective host. In this episode, I have Moshokwe Folua as our guest. And Shokwe is going to be sharing with us his perspective on topical issues. Shokwe, can you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Moshokwe Folua Ladapo. Um, I am 29. I live in the state of Indiana. Um, I'm a law student at the University of um, the Indiana University, um, and I am at McKinney School of Law. Thank you very much. Shokwe, you have been an uh, intercontinental guy. Uh, you have lived in three continents. You lived in Africa. You lived in uh, England. And you are here in Indiana. Can you please tell us how this background has shaped your worldview? Um, I, I think living on three continents uh, is an interesting life experience. I think it, it allows me to engage with people from different places. Um, I think most of all, I think it, it, it gives me an interesting story that people are interested in listening to. Um, so I have some privilege, privilege there. Um, it gives me an interesting accent that people always want to figure out. Um, so I, I moved through life um, with some privilege in that automatically when people hear me speak, they think, oh, that man's intelligent. Um, sometimes I, I feel like um, people listen to what I have to say a little more in comparison to other people that look like me based on um, my accent. So sometimes on, on self-reflection, it, it makes me wonder what what this means about the world and, and people around me, that they would um, view me that way based on my experiences and, and the way I speak or my voice. Yeah, well, that is an interesting one. I didn't know about that. However, <laughs> it doesn't uh, happen to you. Well, it it does. Um, all I get to answer the question I get to answer is, "Where are you from?" When I uh, people see me talking and uh, with a different ha- accent, and they've told me I have a thick accent. They've told me I have a clumsy accent. They've told me I have a unique one. Yeah. Um, so, but one thing that I've always done, uh, and I will continue to do, is to continue to be myself. I do not want to start rolling my tongue. <laughs> I wanting to talk um, like other people. I mean, the local people 
um, where I live. Uh, and when I say local, I do not say that to diminish anybody. Um, I guess you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, because in another um, place, when you say local, it may mean that you are kind of speaking down speaking down or denigrating a group of people so um that is uh that is the way i see it however um your own perspective your own experiences uh, that you are conscious of is kind of unique um that would take me to another question about your journey so far if you have to do it again will you still prefer to go through the uh this your journey um living a bit in nigeria living a bit in london england and still come here do you have any reservation at all do you prefer one place to the other um if if i had to do it again is um difficult because on the one hand it's about um it's about being able to move through the world the way i do now but also um time spent with family you know um nuclear and extended um the way i move through life the original path if i didn't change it is one where i got to spend time with my extended family um got to know them in a way i don't think most people would if they you know lived with their nuclear family strictly yeah. um so i have some privilege in in that respect that i get to see um the family dynamics of my cousins my aunts my uncles um and 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 learn from from that experience yeah. um and then there's there's the privilege of knowledge um of understanding systems um understanding the nigerian system understanding the british system understanding the american system and living through those at different stages of my um development um psychologically um physically um if i had to do it again no i wouldn't change anything good. um but good. uh good there there are positives and then negatives there yeah we, we could explore on another episode yeah. okay yeah we will do um you know i've always told you that uh, i've always reminded you of romans 8:28 uh the passage that says and we know that all things work together for good yes for they that love God and for those that are called according to his original purpose. Yeah, so what you said now um, just kind of validate that, that your journey so far, if you have opportunity to redo this journey, you will still do it the way you did it. That is good. Thank you. Um, another thing that well i would like to ask you is if uh you prefer 
education system of one place than the other. You have always been schooling all your life. You started in Nigeria, you continued in England, um, then you moved here and you continued. Um, you went through uh, two colleges for your bachelor's degree and then you're here in the US um, almost getting done in your your law uh, doctorate degree which system will you do you think is best um, I listened to uh, FS episode uh, this week and what was what was interesting is um hearing her you know speak about her experience i'm a little older than she was um we went through the same journey i'm two years older than she was so i was 10 11 when we left nigeria um i was 20 about to turn 21 when we moved over here so um is there a system I prefer? Um, I think she said no. She said she wouldn't, you know, they all have their, their benefits and yeah. their drawbacks. I, I agree with that. And I think the Nigerian system has the benefit of being strict. Um, and you, you two explore that conversation. I think the strictness does create um, diamonds right because these pe people in the nigerian system are put under a lot of pressure mm -hmm. from from society because there are a lot of people for a few amount of jobs resources um places in, in schools so it creates diamonds right because there's a lot of pressure so you the people that are coming out of nigeria that are leaving nigeria are exceptionally smart um technically gifted they're the cream of the crop Right. But we do leave a lot of people at right. the bottom, you know, yeah. um, the way that our funding works in Nigeria is probably not optimum and could be improved. Then you look at the British system. Um, my experience moving through the British system was complemented with the fact that I'd gone through the Nigerian ethos Sister. of, you know, pressure. Mm -hmm. So I, I came in with maybe just a little bit more knowledge in terms of mathematics and English. Um, so I was going in with an advantage. I went from just when I, when I tested in, I went straight to top set quote, quote unquote, which meant that I was academically, you know, better than some of my peers or that's what they, they told us anyway. Okay. Um, so I had some advantage moving through that system. Um, but what I what I liked about the English system was, it's almost it, at, at the stage I was in, mm -hmm. it's almost a Nigerian system, but a little less strict. You know, there wasn't physical punishment, okay. but they they wanted you to look a certain way. You know, you had to dress in a blazer from high school. You had to come to school prepared to learn. You know, you had to show up. You had to put in the work. But they were a little lax in that we could speak to our professors and our teachers in a way that would not have been acceptable in Nigeria. Um, I saw some Nigerian immigrants 
uh, or children of Nigerian immigrants being disrespectful to my professors, which was unheard of mm-hmm. in 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 Nigeria. But what what the benefit of that was, if there <laughs> if there's a benefit of being rude, is that people learn their boundaries in a in a different way than you would in Nigeria. Um, so that that was interesting to witness witness people do that i didn't do that because i had respect for a system you know the nigerian system but also respect for adults which is in inbuilt in our culture to be the gold standard of what people should be you know you you reverence the people that have more knowledge than you give them respect and you move through life that way so it was interesting to see other immigrants nigerian immigrants or children of nigerian immigrants deal with that you had some that stuck with that and you had some that departed way away from that and so they were learning freedom mm-hmm. in that in that um aspect and then the american system i came to when i was um you know a fully grown adult able to think quote unquote even though you know psychologically they say you don't stop developing yeah. until you're 25 so Maybe I was hitting the peak of my understanding of the world. I started um, a scholarship program. You know, you you encouraged me to to find ways to supplement um, funding for school. So I, I signed up um, for all these tests. I mean, not tests, scholarship programs. Mm-hmm. They were in the way of work study but not quite work study because they didn't require you to work a certain amount of hours as strictly as work study but they were requiring you to show up and give your time and and learn things so the program i signed up for or the interview i went for was social justice which was the first time i had thought about racism it was in the interview they, they said what what does racism look like to you and i thought about it and I'd been in school one semester and in my one semester I'd experienced racism from like members of the speech and debate team because I joined speech and debate because I was my first semester I had a good professor for speech she she really lit the fire un, under me for public speaking um, and and really encouraged me and told me that I had the skill to do it, which was encouraging. So I joined the speech and debate team. Now, some of the things that we're doing were microaggressions. They weren't full-blown racism, right? But going to that interview, participating in social justice programs, participating in diversity programs at IEPUI. So I was a diversity educator. I was a social justice scholar. I was almost a health health jag jag health scholar but they didn't accept me uh, it's whatever but participating in those extracurricular activities were, was where i really understood who i was um in terms of how i moved through the world with privilege um which is not something i was able to do in england because you know i had some immigration things that i was dealing with so i sheltered myself you know because that was what we were encouraged to do is just yeah that is when you were in college right in, in university of east london right okay. so I, I i stayed sheltered you know uh, but when i got here i didn't live at home yeah um so 
there wasn't that comfort of coming home yeah. and being sheltered you know there, like i had to find friends people to be with um people to talk to people to you know live life interact with. yeah and i also joined um crew which is used to be called campus crusade um which is a, a christian group that we we met on thursdays um and i got to um build on the experience i started at calvary of singing mm-hmm. i sang with crew um i got to be involved in in leadership that way so there are a lot of um different stages of my education and different stages of my development psychologically um so it's if i had to pick one though i i think i'd still pick the english um system because i think in terms of health and wellness the english system values health and wellness the way that i care about health and wellness in that they have a system called the ltad model long term athlete development model now in america what you see is people that go to high school participating in various sports baseball they'll do baseball one season they'll play soccer another season they'll do swimming another season uh-huh. and then when they leave school if they don't get into any of those college programs or any of those sports they just stop the english model encourages people not to stop so if you don't get into the top tier you can go amateur if you don't get into amateur you can at least do it recreationally right that's what 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 the ltad model encourages is for people to be lifelong learners of their sports but also lifelong participants that keep moving yeah. so it's it's dedicated towards health fitness and and just being active so i think that's one thing that stuck with me from the english system that i i keep preaching to my friends here you know because what i don't want for people to do people around me especially people that i care about is to just stop moving you know because we know what happens when we stop moving mm-hmm. you know it it slowly slowly you know psychologically physically we just put on the pounds we don't we don't engage with people we're not building our communities as diversely as we could so if i had to i, I think i'd pick the english english system good um long answer <laughs> well yeah and and it, it's fun i i like the way you um crafted the answer and it's for the benefit of having a broader perspective to what has been your gains in all these opportunities that you have been privileged to have in your answer you mentioned the word privilege 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 and also um you once told me that uh, it's because you, when we had conversation about the minorities in america the kids how they are some of them are not doing well academically and you said to me that you you are what you have because of having me as your dad is that not what you said oh yeah good yes yeah so um and so it's 
leads me to another conversation now that I intend to have with you and I want you to uh, kindly uh, do justice to it. You are going to be 30 soon. <laughs> so you are a leader, a young leader. Um, what do you want to do for your generation? What do you want to do in terms of leadership? Uh, you were a student government president in your college. Yeah. And so that has put a kind of, uh, uh, you have been tested in a way as a political leader. And I do not want to diminish that to say is because it's just a student government. The, the the reason why I'm holding you to this is because you told me after the election or during the last election cycle here in America that it looks as if you are going to throw in the towel as far as politics is concerned. <laughs> yeah, I, st- I still think that, yes. Okay, so can you... I have a couple of questions mm-hmm. there now. What do you plan for your generation, what do you plan to when you complete your uh, law degree? Mm. How will you be effective uh, in reaching out to the less privileged mm. uh, folks that do not have father figure, mm. and? As a consequence, they become less privileged. Do you have any plan? No, I haven't. I haven't thought about that. Um, um, I, I haven't thought about leadership in that aspect. Um, I think if you look at the stats in America, um, there, are, there are actually a lot of people and a lot of communities that don't have people. Um, um, so we, we have a lot of single parent families um, and usually they trend in the direction of being women that lead Mm -hmm. those families that's across cultures but most desperately affecting people that look like us right Um, people in minority communities or people of minoritized communities as I've been educated is the way to talk about that Um, I don't have a plan currently Um, I I don't like the current state of our politics because they seem personal rather than um, ideological, which which is where I think they need to be. I think we have to be able to take our ideas politically, um, make them relevant to as many people as possible and get as much buy-in as possible across parties. Um, I think I lean left um, on most issues, um, but on some issues, I'm in the middle, and sometimes I'm, I'm to the right, um, which is which is not what most people will proclaim, right? People want to say strictly that they're one way or they're the other, um, and I, I think that's where we have to be honest, honestly, and 
honest, being honest with each other is to say truthfully, we don't always lean the way our quote unquote party does. And and that's 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 an issue I think that America has to deal with um, internally with people themselves, but also with the parties. I think the parties have to be able to say we have to be better at compromising. Yeah. Um, now on the issue of of um, being a leader um, in, in terms of American life in general, I think it's possible for you to be a leader wherever you are. And my leadership, I think, if if I'm if I'm going to be honest, is going to be micro mm-hmm. in in the communities that I'm in. You know, the people that I see. Okay. And my leadership is going to be to be present, to be a listener, to be someone that people can rely on for emotional support. I hope okay. that I can be that person. Um, and and I don't think that leadership always has to be um, on a massive scale. I think leadership can be. Um, one or two people that you're close with, um, your family, your nuclear family. Um, as you said, I'm 30, I'm thinking about um, marriage. Um, I'm thinking about what my family's gonna look like. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, what what values I wanna take into the future, you know? Um, so leadership for me is, um, it's micro, and I think it's micro till it's macro. Um, I I have no grand ambitions to ever lead anyone's country um, or lead any huge communities. Um, but if people ask me to, I wouldn't say no. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Um, because um, I was, <laughs> oh man, I was on campus one day with, um, so I, I did an internship in the office of Joe Hogsett. And <laughs> while I was there, I didn't tell anyone that I was student body president. Okay. You know, Cause I was serving as student body president while I was there. Um, some, one of the people I was interning with didn't know that till, one day we showed up and it was the chancellor's address to the community and I got up there and I spoke. And when I went back to sit down, I sat with, with Joe Hogsett and he said, you didn't, you didn't tell me this was your position. And one of the other people I work with said, yeah, you, well, why didn't you tell us that? Why does my position matter? Mm. Right? Why did that position change the way you viewed me? Mm. At this point, it'd probably been, I don't know, a couple of months into the program. Now, it, it, I, I reflected back on it and I thought, would these people have treated me better? Mm. Would they have treated me worse based on that position? And if they did, was their interaction with me truthful or meaningful? I knew who they were because I hadn't told them my position. Good. Right? I knew how they treated the most 
the the least privilege of people in their office because I was the least privilege of people in their office. It gave me an insight to how people think about people based on the positions that they hold. Now that's that's a different type of leadership, right? Because these people are, are leaders in the community, um, and it's just it's just how we move through the world. It's our political currency. When people know who you are, what communities you lead, they treat you differently. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think um, two things, um, and these these principles stick with me all the time. Treat others as you want to be treated, right? Which means, no matter who the person is, treat them with fairness and with love and equity and kindness. Kindness. You just basic human decency and um i forgot the, the second point but but it, it just it's 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 really stuck in my mind um that people will judge you based on the positions that you hold right and if they don't know you hold those positions they also treat you as a certain type of way this yes. is fascinating and interesting yeah so uh, that that is very interesting. You alluded to the fact that you want to lead in a micro um, way, and I want to add to that that whether in a big way, whether in a micro way, whether in a small way, uh, we cannot leave the leadership to the extremist. Uh, people of good will, good intentions, people of good character uh, who have the love and 